Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all? Morning, Russell. Morning, everyone. Good morning, morning Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace upon our life. We thank you for the week gone by, for all the testimonies, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others, where your glory shines through, where your mercy at work is seen. And we give you all praise. We give you thanks for that grace upon each of our lives, Father, especially our prayer group. Every member of this prayer group that is being enriched through your word, their prayer life, their Christian experience is being transformed. We thank you, Father. We thank you that we are safe, that we are healthy, that we are well. And we thank you that we are alive. We look forward to this week ahead, Father, that you have given us. And we acknowledge your presence in this day and throughout the rest of this week. We speak favor over our lives. We speak your grace. We speak your presence and your love. We activate our destiny, help us, that look towards us with that favor. And we thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the angels. And the peace and the joy that you pour into our lives, we share it with all those that are part of this praying family, this praying meeting, with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group and those that do not have anyone to pray for them. We share it with all Christians that do not yet personally know you and all those that do not want to know you that their hearts be transformed, that your light illuminate all the darkness of ignorance and wickedness that seeks to overtake them. And your glory shine through, Father, that they are drawn towards you. And we know from your word, that gives us the confidence where your word says, everyone that calls on your name shall not end up in shame. So as we make our prayer this morning and lift all our requests, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator, the one who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can even conceive in our thoughts. Let aside what we can speak. The one who is able to make every grace abound towards us that we shall not be found lacking anything when you are our shepherd. The one who is our protector the one who is ever faithful, the preserver of men, the lifter of men, the God of Abraham who honors faith. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, the word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us, the word that you have exalted high above your name as well. And you give that word to us. And that word becomes flesh revealed through your Holy Spirit and dwells within us. So that when we have digested and understood it, we have not only gained your knowledge, you have given us understanding and the wisdom of how to use it in our prayer life, in our Christian experience. So we pray in the name of your spirit, Father, the spirit of the living God, the same spirit that created the universe, that powered Jesus' ministry, that raised him from the dead and now gives life to our mortal body. That same spirit who has made his tabernacle in our midst and now within our body as well. So that the creator of the universe, the most powerful force, your word and your spirit 
resides within us, Lord. So that when we pray in the spirit with him and when we speak your word, we recognize and realize the power that is in our tongue when we speak. Which is why your word says life and death is in the power of your tongue. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with your revelation, with, through your word. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. And we thank you, Lord, that you call each of us by name to be here with you. When we start to praise and honor you, we know that you dwell in the praises of your people. When we connect with you in our spirit, we know that we are one spirit with you. So that that prayer we make is under an open heaven and is directly communicated from our heart to you, Father. We thank you, Lord. As we make our prayer this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak. Every prayer we make by the precious blood of Jesus. I also plead the blood of Jesus over every member of every family that is part of this prayer group, that is part of this prayer meeting as well. Over their assets, their jobs, their finances, their businesses, their families, their homes, their workplace, and their Christian lives, Father. That no one that comes to steal from them is allowed to breach this perimeter in the spirit. We draw that line by the blood of Jesus around them. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, Lord. Your holy and pure will for our lives. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. We herald the power in our word that we speak by proclaiming your word from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11 that says, As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of each of our mouths. And we declare in the name of Jesus that it will not return to each of us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it when we release it in faith in accordance with what your will prescribes, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And today, I'd like to reflect on in continuation of what Sister Shanin has thought, powerful topic that she has started in her series on the servant leader and what is expected of us. Yesterday, I was reflecting on the price of discipleship. And if you want to study more on that, I'd recommend reading Luke chapter 14. I'll just read a few verses from there. Luke chapter 14, verse 26 and 27 says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own mother and father and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life in the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God, 
That's what the expanded amplified version says. He cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow after me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. He cannot be my disciple. And then verse 33 says, So then, none of you can be my disciple who does not carefully consider the cost and then for my sake give up all his own possessions. So he says, calculate costs first. Weigh up what you may need to give up and then jump in. That is, first be willing to pay the price and then do whatever it takes to be his disciple. The important thing is you will be tested for it. What are you willing to give up of yourself will decide the extent of his power working within you. Now we know that his power working within us is, that's what Ephesians 3.20 says, is more, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly, more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that works within us. For that to work, he's looking at what are you willing to give up. Now let's look at people of faith and what they gave up. In Matthew 26 verse 7 and again in the version from as narrated by Mark in Mark 14 verse 3 we see the story of the woman who brought a vial of spikenard. In some versions it's called the, the bottle of alabaster. Costing about a year's worth of laborer's wage. And she poured it on Jesus' head. A year's worth of a laborer's wage. And the question here is, how many people do we know? And even are we ourselves willing to give away a year's worth of wages? We'd probably be thinking we could do with a holiday or buy some jewelry. That's a lot of money. Or something else for ourselves. And Jesus is saying, what are you willing to give up to be my disciple? And that year's worth of wage is a relative term. He's not really looking only at money. The example here was something worth money, but he could be looking for your time. He could be looking at what else is it that is so dear to you and you are willing to give up. Your favorite sport maybe. Your favorite TV program, entertainment. What are you willing to give up for my sake? And our next example is an example of that kind. Abraham. God promised Abraham his future generations. He said your generations would be like the stars in the sky or the grains of sand on the seashore. Even in his old age when Abraham thought there is no hope for him to father a son. God gave him a dream and then said, Sacrifice this dream, which is now so dear to you and your heart is connected with it. Sacrifice it for my sake. Sacrifice this son whom I have promised you. Abraham knew that with Isaac gone, that dream of generations was over right there and then. And yet, despite all that, he trusted God more than his gut feel, more than what his common sense and his logic told him. 
and he proceeded to give his most prized possession, his son. Now, the important thing to remember is he had another son, Ishmael, too, who was not a child of the promise. Most of us would try to barter with God and say, take my Ishmael instead of my Isaac. My Isaac is dear to me. Let my generations through Isaac be secured. Now, what that would really translate to is, Lord, take $10 out of me in tithe and let's call it a deal. Do not ask for 10%. That's a lot to give. Does that happen with us? Where the Lord asks us, give up your favorite TV program right now. Switch it off and come and sit with me. And we are thinking, Lord, let me just watch this one. You know, I'm following it as a series continuously. Our third example is that of the rich ruler. That's exactly what we're leading into now based on this last thing of what the Lord asks you to give up. The last question. The rich ruler in Luke chapter 18 who asked Jesus, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I have kept all the commandments. I've done everything right. And Jesus said, there is only one thing remaining. Go and sell everything. Give to the poor and then come follow me. Which he couldn't do because he was a man of great wealth. And he went away, walked away sad. He was not ready to give up his Isaac. He was not ready to break his alabaster bottle. He was not ready to pay the price of discipleship. The question to you is, you need to identify what is that Isaac in your life? What is that alabaster bottle that is so dear to you? That is costly in your eyes. And are you willing to give it up? Now God says, the price for all of me is all of you. Give me that which is dear to you. Let it go. That is what he really meant in Luke 14 verse 26 where we started. And he said, your father and your mother, all that you honor, your wife, your children, your siblings, all that are dear to you and all that you value. And lastly, your own life. All things that are personally important to you, especially your pride, your ego, your ambition, your glory, your honor. And I read verse 33 because that's where he sums it up and says, consider the cost carefully. That is the price. Salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you. Are you ready and willing to pay the price? And if you do not take up that invitation, then he will find someone else. We are not irreplaceable. We are not that precious. That's what this chapter Luke 14 is talking about in the parables. Where he asks us on one side, talks about the wedding feast and he says, be humble. And when you are given that invitation in the second one, he says, if you do not take up that invitation, then he will go out on the streets, on the crossroads and pick someone from there and hand over your ministry to them. 
hand over all that glory that he wanted to bestow upon you and through it your favor on your life. Everything gets transferred to them. We get a choice to choose and he will honor that choice. He won't grumble about it. He would only feel sad that we didn't see what he saw. The price for all of him is all of you. All that is dear to you. Let's look at it in scripture. In Proverbs 23 verse 26, he touches upon this point where he says, My son, give me your heart. Everything that you hold closely to your heart. The Bible also says out of the heart are the issues of life. So everything that is important to you is all in your heart. And he's saying, give me that. He goes to expand on it. He goes on to expand on it in Jeremiah 29 verse 13. Now in verse 11, he said, I have plans for you. After he has said, I have plans for you, he goes on to say, for that to work, you must seek me. And in verse 13, he says, you will seek me and you will find me. When? When you seek me with all your heart. Give me your heart. When he becomes the topmost, the number one priority in our life. God looks at our humility. He looks at our sincerity and trust. But most of all, he looks at the love for him. Do we love him enough to give up our TV program, to give up Facebook, to give up our favorite sport, to give up something that costs a lot for us to hold on to? Do we love him more than that? Anything else that we love more than him amounts to idolatry. And if you cannot give him your heart, you cannot be his disciple. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. And we receive grace today to be able to identify and discern that Isaac in our life and give that Isaac up so that our topmost priority, our focus, our heart, we give to Jesus. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things that you are looking for shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33 We ask for that grace upon our lives, Father, this day. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and temporal needs. Those of our families, our friends, especially those that are battling sickness and disease. Those that are hospitalized and will undergo any kind of procedures this day. We declare complete forgiveness of sins, Father. A restoration in their spiritual health. And then once spiritual health is restored, we know that by the stripes and wounds of Jesus, that process is completed and manifested in the physical. Physical healing as well. We thank you, Father. We pray also for all families that are embattled, that are facing any kind of division and separation. We pray for healing of these families as well. 
We pray also for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives. Any kind of addiction, mental disorders, any kind of compulsion. And also the weakness and vulnerability through the ploy of the enemy to keep your people poor, prayerless, ignorant and busy. And therefore powerless as Christians. Let our eyes be opened, Father, to see the truth. To understand it and the wisdom to apply it. Then the truth shall set us free. We pray for our own personal needs as well, Father. Those of our friends and family. Open our eyes to see the truth of the spirit realm. It is your word that says a curse, causeless, is undeserved. It cannot come. So if there is any curse that is operating on our life, where things do not work in accordance with what your will and your word says, then we know that there is a cause behind it. We ask for that discernment, Father, to identify the real cause of that misery in our life. That can be mended. And once the spiritual is fixed, the reality is fixed. The mirror image in the physical must automatically correct itself. We raise our own personal needs as well, Lord. Let's take a few moments to, to raise the needs or the petitions of those that we are praying for and interceding for as well, including our own families. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. We release our prayer and our faith now in the Spirit, making it a prayer of agreement with each other and with your Holy Spirit. We believe that that prayer must come back as an answered prayer. I encourage all those that are praying in the Spirit to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for the gift of tongues to be able to pray in the Spirit. Please release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Shamdakiya <laughs> Nadikiya <laughs> <laughs> 
in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. We release our prayer and we say amen and amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Scripture being led to today is from Romans 1, verse 24. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity, to the dishonouring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And the Bible verse that I was led to while we prayed in the Spirit is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 11 and then 12, where it says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We also have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 19, taken from the Amplified Version, where it says, And he said to them, Follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher, and walking the same path of life that I walk. And I will make you fishers of men. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
if you are being blessed by these reflections as well as brother savio's powerful reflections that he posts on our telegram group and facebook page every morning please share them with your family and your friends and the good news is from now on he will also start posting them on our youtube page so you can follow them there as well and you shall and you, you will be able to share them with others let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our lord jesus christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of jesus and for his glory be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great week ahead everyone thank, thank you so much for blessing you that's it everyone Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Russell.